All right, we're going to be reading Luke 6, 37 through 42. If you want to turn there in your Bibles. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the, te the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Hey, good morning as well, Calvary Church. So grateful to have you here this morning. You've been prayed over this morning. You've been prayed over specifically that God would meet you in a real place. You've been prayed over, not hit over. <laughs> so don't worry, but we'll get to this in a little bit. So God has good things in store, even through his word, as you've just heard right now. My name is Matt Doan, one of the pastors here. Forgive my voice. I've been yelling a lot at people. I don't know why, but it's been, my voice is gone. So just bear with me. Hopefully I can get through this 90-minute sermon right here. <laughs> so you've read Luke chapter 6 looking at these great verses in 37 through 42. But I actually, if you already closed your Bible, open back up. I want you to see the verse right before 37. We know it in mathematics is 36. So when you look at Matthew 6, 36, it, it keys into our passage here today. And as you reopen there or kind of get your place, I do want to give a shout out. It's August 27. There's a ton of birthdays here in our community in the month of August. But today is Eric Wakeling's birthday today, August 27th. You were much more humble than I was last week when I announced it was my birthday. You just went through everything right now. So just love you, love your leadership over this church. And thank you, so thankful for your life. So well done. Luke 6 is such an amazing chapter in the Gospel of Luke. Maybe I'd argue the best chapter in the Gospel of Luke. Well, you got the crucifixion, resurrection. That's pretty good too. But there's so many good things here. In this section, this is the Sermon on the Plain. It's, it's mirroring what we see in the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 5 through 7. Jesus is on a hillside, either uh, on the side of a hill or on the plateau of a hill. And the crowd that he's speaking to is really diverse. He has people who have already committed to let go of everything in their lives and to follow him, to be there, to be his disciples. He also has people, the scriptures say in Luke 6, that have been healed of diseases. 
There's some that are listening to this sermon on this mountaintop that have actually had demons taken out of them and cast away. The scripture says in Luke 6 too, those in the audience are people that are Jewish and Gentile from the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. So this is a very eclectic group of people who are listening to the words of Jesus here in chapter 6. But I want to argue that verse 36 really is the key to understanding these verses that we're going to go through today. And the key to understand what we talked about last week too and the idea of loving your enemies. Verse 36 in the NLT says it like this. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. If you have a different translation, it might say the word merciful in replacement of the word compassionate. But I think you get the understanding. God the Father is merciful and compassionate. Therefore, as his followers, that's to be something that marks our lives. That we are people of the way. The way, the truth, the life through Jesus. And we are people that are marked with this wonderful life of compassion and mercy. So that's the key to loving your enemies in the verses before we'll get to today. That's the key to not being people who judge others. But the reality is in our lives is that it's easy for us to critique than it is to be compassionate. Can I get an amen on that if you think that's true? It's true, huh? It's so easy for us to critique, to judge. One of the scariest things to do in life is to public speak, to get up in front of an audience and say anything. Part of the reason for that is because you know as an audience member, you're judging the person up here. And so you know when you're speaking, you're like, oh, all these people are, are having their own critiques about what I'm saying. Why does Matt Doan talk like that? Why, why is he wearing that shirt? Why did he make that illustration? Why does his hands always go like this? Like, we all have our own things that we're thinking when we're watching somebody share publicly. That's why it's so scary to do it. Side note, the only reason that anyone, I think, can have any integrity and any confidence, any joy in sharing in front of anybody is if you have a passion for what you're sharing and you believe that it actually will impact and help the people you're sharing it with. And that's God's word right here. That's the only reason I can stand up here and not throw up. <laughs> so Luke chapter 6, verse 37 through 42, we're titling this a speck and a log. Speck and a log. Thinking about the idea of judgment, judging others. I thought of the most famous judge that I know. Maybe you can think of a few judges that come to your mind when you think of famous judges. Here's my most famous judge that I know. Judge Wapner. I'm a child of the 80s. You guys remember Judge Wapner from People's Court? Maybe some of you have Judge Maria if you're a little bit younger than me, or Judge Joe, I think it is, or Judge Judy. Any Judge Judy fans out there? Probably never given a Judge Judy shout out at Calvary before. <laughs> judge Wapner passed away at the age of 97 just a couple of years ago. I used to love and in about five minutes, he would just hear a, a crazy case of somebody, a roommate not paying rent or something like that, and then he would make his judgment. And it was clear and concise and, and done. Think about this idea of judgment, judging, judging others. What are some famous sayings when it comes 
uh, to the idea of judging. Here's the most famous saying in my mind. Don't judge a book by its cover. I mean, we've all heard this one before, right? I actually did a little research on this. This phrase was first uh, brought into like the cultural uh, like, like landscape in 1860 uh, in a novel that, that made this comment. And it's carried on ever since. Don't judge a book by its cover. In the 2000s, this became uh, just something that we all kind of said, don't judge me. It's been before that, but it became kind of like a, a popular culture. It's actually, it was first put in the Urban Dictionary in the early 2000s. In 2015, there was a hashtag movement of this idea, hashtag don't judge me. If you don't know what a hashtag is, go back to my sermon two weeks ago. I explain it really well. <laughs> you hear this in a lot of lyrics of songs. Only God, only God can judge me, right? In other words, back off. You're not qualified for this position. This is not your job description. I came across this. It's made me laugh. There was these two women in New York, and they were asked, what's the key to your six decades of friendship? And I got to read exactly what they said. It's not exactly what you see on the screen here. This is what they said. We don't have any hobbies, but when we get together a few times a month, we love to judge people and complain about things. <laughs> I feel like we should judge them, okay? What's going on? Yeah. Comedian out of San Diego that I really like, his name's Dustin Nickerson. He posted this a few days ago on Twitter, and I, I thought it was funny. Uh, if, if you love feeling judged, I highly recommend making the mistake of doing what I did this morning and wear Birkenstocks to Home Depot. I thought that was... I thought it was funny. I thought it was good. <laughs> the, the Harvard psychologist, Amy Cuddy, says that in first impressions, we make a judgment on somebody within about five seconds. She's an expert uh, in the field of first impressions. She consults businesses and hospitality places on how to make a good first impression. She talks about our ability to make snap judgments is is incredible. She justifies it by saying a part of what our brain is doing in that is it's, it's making a determination, is this person safe? Am I in a safe place right now? So we'll get to it in a little bit. Judgment doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Sometimes it's for protection. But we live in a culture right now that is steeped in judgment, if I could use a phrase like this. David Brooks a wonderful writer. He wrote in the Atlantic this month. This was the cover art that accompanied the article. The article title was, Why Has America Gotten So Mean? Hasn't it? Doesn't this feel like we live in a culture in a world that's just mean? We live in a cancel culture, a criticizing culture, a complaining culture, a condemning culture. And here's the crazy thing. We kind of enjoy it. <laughs> It kind of feels good to criticize and complain about something else or somebody else. Judging someone, Jesus wouldn't have to talk about don't do this if it wasn't something that just didn't come naturally to us. If it wasn't something that just kind of was actually scratching the itch that, that felt kind of enjoyable. And yet then here we see beautiful Jesus, the wonderful Jesus, giving us 
two negative commands and two positive commands here in Luke chapter 6. It says, do not judge others. Remember, he's on this mountaintop right now. He's got some of his followers with him. He's got religious leaders with him. He's got Gentiles, Jewish people, rich people, poor people, people who just had demons cast out of them. He's saying, do not judge others. Do not condemn others. And then two positives. Forgive others. Give to others. If you look in your verses right here, it actually juxtaposes it. He says, don't judge others and you won't be judged. Don't condemn others and you will not be condemned. Rather, forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give to others and your cup will overflow. I believe Jesus here is talking about two types of relationships. One, the relationship that we have with other people, other human beings. For you reap what you sow. If you judge someone, chances are the defensiveness that they've come back is going to be in judgment towards you. If you condemn, some, condemn someone, chances are that's going to come back and, and hit you as well. But if you forgive someone, if you lead out in forgiveness, we just know, we understand relationships that, that often that person then has their heart softened to forgive you. If you're generous with somebody, if you share your stuff, if you're generous with your love, chances are that someone else is going to also respond in generosity towards you. So there, there's a sense that this is an earthly relationship ethic, an earthly relationship virtue. And yet there's also a spiritual virtue here. There's the idea that as followers of Jesus, if you stand, you say, Jesus, I don't need you to do your job. I'm going to do your job. I'm going to judge, and I'm going to condemn, and I'm not going to forgive, and I'm not going to be generous. Do you really have your heart changed by Jesus Christ? Have you really experienced the idea that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Have you truly experienced the love, grace, mercy, compassion, forgiveness of Jesus Christ? Maybe not if you live in condemnation and judgment. Sadly, even those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, we revert back. We read this call and the sermon on the plane here in Luke 6, and we cross out some convenient words. And we justify the idea that we can judge others. It's okay to condemn others. We don't have to forgive everybody. And I don't know, certainly Jesus wasn't totally serious when he said, give generously like this. So we tend to pick and choose what we want to obey or listen to in this sermon. The title, though, of this month in Luke 6 is, What if Jesus was serious? What if Jesus really did call us? to live out these virtues as we follow him. But sadly, and I'm speaking to myself because we're going to get into the, the, the plank and, and the speck. Sadly, we blow so much of our witness to the world because we live this ethic rather than the one that Jesus called us to. 
Kerry Newhoff is a guy I really like. He's an author, blogger, podcaster. He said, time and time again, when the world, need lo- when the world needs love, Christians give it judgment. Let that just sink in for a minute. Let the Holy Spirit do his good work in each of our hearts and minds right now. Does this mark us at Calvary Church? Someone were to enter into our community here today, they were to spend this afternoon with us, they were to come into our homes, they were to hang out for us for maybe a whole week. Would this be what they would conclude? That we're more about judgment than we are about compassion. I pray, we pray that this is not so. Luke goes on here in six and verse 39 and 40, look in your Bibles again. It says, Jesus gives two illustrations. One is, can a blind person lead another? No, they'll both get injured. They'll fall into a ditch because it's the blind leading the blind. This is where this phrase comes from. And then mentioned students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who's fully trained will become like their teacher. You know, study this passage all week, internalize it, pray over it, pray over you. And I didn't even understand the connection to that we were praying for teachers today <laughs> until we were actually praying a few moments ago. I'm like, oh, wow, this verse is like totally connects. <laughs> I'm glad I realized that now instead of at three o'clock this afternoon. But teachers, what a responsibility we have, isn't it? That we're called to lead students. Jesus speaking here on the Sermon on the Plain, there's teachers that are around him. There's religious leaders that are listening to his message. And he goes right after them. The only one that has the true authority, he says, man, you're, like, you're leading like a blind person, leading another blind person. And you're just going to carry the people behind you that are following you, and you're all going to fall into a pit. Because you religious leaders are experts at judgment, novices at compassion. Jesus just calls it as it is. A student cannot be above their teachers. Teachers, may we model even this virtue of compassion in our classrooms this year. Amen? And may students follow our lead. It's scary to be a leader, a shepherd, a teacher in any context because you take these words seriously that, that you have such you have such an impact. You have such an opportunity to, to bless, but also to curse. Jesus here is going after these leaders and saying, be wary. You're living more in criticism than you are in compassion. You see, the religious leaders were like an iceberg. They were concerned with just what was above the surface. It was just about what you looked like, how others perceived you. But below the surface, they were able to go, I have my secret life. I have the life that no one sees when I close my door at night. I have my life, my, my internal thoughts and, and attitudes that, that I never verbalize within the right company. So certainly it's okay to harbor this judgment and condemnation and lack of forgiveness and maybe being generous when people see it, but not necessarily being generous when no one's around. They were content with just surface level following of God. And yet here is Jesus on the Sermon on the Plain, Sermon on the Mount as well. He's going below the surface. He's saying, it's not just what people see. I'm going after your hearts. Your hearts are what I see. 
what I evaluate your life on, what's below the surface, and those internal things eventually come out. We'll read about that later in Luke, that what the heart believes and thinks and harbors eventually comes out in what we say and what we do. So may we, followers of Jesus here at Calvary, may we be people that work on below the surface relationships with God. Not just what people see, but the internal thoughts and attitudes. And that's gotta be the work of the Spirit that does that for us. So you have this great teaching of Jesus. Do not judge, do not condemn, forgive others, give to others. But as I alluded to a minute ago, there is a sense that we need to be discerning. So what Jesus is saying here is he's not saying just never have any wisdom or discernment in your life. But, but no, there, there, we are called to discernment. There's over 460 verses in the Bible that either say the word judge, judging, or judgment. There's a whole book in the Old Testament called Judges. <laughs> you see Jesus judging the Pharisees in this passage and in others. We see the Apostle Paul judging the, the sexual immoral in the church of Corinth. We see Peter instructing to judge and test the spirits. And so what's that all getting to? Is, is this kind of like speaking out of both sides of your mouth, don't judge, but judge. No, I, Sky Jathani says it, I think, well, in our summer read that we talked about or read this summer. Same title as our sermon series, What If Jesus Was Serious? Sky says there's a difference between discernment and judgment. This is a photo on the screen of a dentist's office in Nicaragua. And I was down there several years ago on a missions trip. And I woke up one morning with a terrible, terrible toothache. If you had those before, those kind that like, it just instantly you have a headache, you can't think. Uh, it's hard to even think about eating. If you do eat, you have to chew on the other side. It just hurts. And so I was experiencing this terrible toothache in, in this small little city in Nicaragua on this missions trip. And it was getting to the point where it was really impacting just my, my ability to do anything on this trip. So the pastor that we were serving in this little town in Nicaragua, he goes, hey, Matt, uh, my friend's a dentist. And he'd be happy to, to look at you and and see if he can fix anything. I'm like, please. And so we walked a few blocks in this small town in Nicaragua, and we landed upon this front sign area, doorway of this Nicaraguan dentist. And my pastor friend looked at me, and he kind of got like a sad look on his face. He's like, uh, he's not gonna be able to see you today. I was like, well, why not? He goes, well, that's the dentist riding his bike in circles down the street, and he's drunk right now. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, I don't think that's the guy I want working on my teeth today. <laughs> There's discernment in certain situations. Judgment, what Jesus is getting in here, here, getting talking about here. This judgment is a condemnation that says you are so far from the grace of God that God will never, never accept you. You are so far gone. You are so stuck in your filth that God wants nothing to do with you. God's not chasing you or pursuing you. You are basically damned. That's what the judgment of Jesus is talking about here. 
that his followers of Jesus are to live differently than that. And so it's beautiful. He invites us here in 41 and 42, the Jesus way of walking alongside people. What do we do as followers of Jesus when we see others in our life who are saying they're Christians and are not living according to biblical standards? How, how are we to approach those situations? I would argue that Jesus' method here, if you were to take the, the leading psychologist of the world, the, so, the social psychologists of the world, and were to ask them, would this be a good way to approach someone that you wanted to correct? They'd be like, this is incredible. This is exactly the traits that we've seen that are proven to be effective. And it's this. It's to walk in humility when you come to correct someone in their lives. Look at the verses again. It's so good. You've heard Dave read it once. I want to just read it one more time. 41 and 42. It says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of your saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. We've actually placed a speck under each of your seats. Can you grab that right now? There's a speck under your seat. Just look right now if you, can, if you could grab that. Okay, there's a few trusting people here. I appreciate you. Actually, we did, and it's too small. This is the only time that this word is mentioned in the New Testament. It also can be translated splinter. I, uh, I found a small speck. This is actually probably bigger than what we'd call a speck or a splinter, but I, I want you to maybe be able to see it. Can you see that? Sort of right there. I actually stole this from the floor of Home Depot. Don't judge me. <laughs> So think about this. Think about your friend has a speck and you come alongside them. You're like, hey, brother. <laughs> I, I really got to talk to you about something. The way that you discipline your kids is just, it, it, it's it's awkward, it's not right, it's heavy-handed, or it's too easy. Like, I, I, I got to call you out on this. Hey, I've just noticed that you really overeat. You shouldn't overeat in your life, and I don't know, maybe like mix it up every once in a while. Chick-fil-A is really close to church, and, but still, there's other places to go to. Hey, I got to talk to you about your relationship with your boyfriend. And I need to call you out on a, a few things right now. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? Jesus is using some hyperbole, maybe even some humor in this moment, saying you look to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye, your friend's eye, when you have this plank in your eye. It's ridiculous. You have, you, you have no authority. You, you have no respectability when, when you approach people like this. But instead... Take care of, deal with the plank in your own eye before you ever go judge, correct, discern someone else. What Jesus is getting at, I believe, in, in this passage is the idea of humility and self-examination. It runs in the face of self-righteousness self -ju and, uh, and judging someone else. 
It's going, God, I understand that I'm a sinner and I'm in desperate need of your mercy, your grace, and your compassion. Deal with me and out of your good work in me, use me for your good purposes. That's the way of Jesus. That's the way of being a follower of Jesus. But unfortunately, we struggle with this. We judge other people's behavior. We judge our intentions. Alpha course is coming up this Wednesday night. First week, I'd love to have anybody there that's never been to Alpha or invite a neighbor, a skeptic, or maybe someone that's maybe moved away from God. This would be a perfect Wednesday night to invite them to Alpha. But Nikki Gumbel, who uh, is one of our leaders of Alpha, uh, worldwide, he gives this great illustration, and I think it just kind of connects to all of us. It's the idea that Nikki says when he rides his bike, he's angry at all the cars for not respecting him in the bike lane. But when he's driving his car, he's angry at all the bike people for, not get, for, for slowing him down and getting in his way, right? It's all about your perspective. When you're on your bike, you're like, stupid cars, everyone's going so fast. When you're, on, when you're in the car, you're like, oh, these bikes are slowing me down. I have to be at work in two minutes. Isn't it interesting how we judge other people's behaviors, our intentions? Jesus just cuts right through that. Self-examine. Let God sift and deal with you. Psalm 139. Um, God, examine me. See if there's any offensive way in me. That's the posture of a Jesus follower. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, credible German author, 100 years ago said it like this, 70 years ago, said, by judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and to the grace which others are just as entitled to as we are. Isn't that good? So speck in a log. Let's allow the good work of God to work on our hearts and lives. And as we receive his compassion, his mercy and his grace, then out of that full cup, then let's come alongside others to bless them, encourage them, point them to the way of Jesus as well. Now, this would be just a nice talk, maybe even potentially a talk that you could hear at a Elks Lodge or at some secular banquet. But I want to make this a gospel talk right now as we close our time. You see, there's two challenges when it comes to the idea of judgment and judging. One is we just judge everybody else. It makes us feel better about ourselves. The other, though, temptation is to put so much burden and judgment on ourselves that we just become self-critical, loathing, totally beat down. The way of Jesus, though, is different. You see, Jesus took a log, a plank, and he hung on it for you and for me. The Bible says that Jesus went to the cross not for what he had done, but what we had done. The ultimate judge took on our judgment. Amazing. So the way that we don't just get overwhelmed, consumed with critical thoughts, 
judging others, the way that we don't just criticize and crush ourselves is to ultimately look to the one who was crushed on our behalf, which is Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to ask us right now, would you just take a moment of reflection and prayer, and would you say, Jesus, would you remind me once again that you've taken the crushing for me, so I no longer have to judge others, and I no longer have to just crush myself. I hand you all over to you. So let's pray right now. Father, as serious followers of you, we want to take your word seriously. And so, God, I just pray that even the virtues that you list here in your word would be virtues that are part of our lives, that we live out in our everyday lives. God, we need your Holy Spirit to do that. God, we're so tempted to crush others or crush ourselves. God, may we rightfully just place our burdens, our sin on you, the one who was crushed on our behalf. Jesus, thank you for what you've done. And thank you for what you're doing to make us more like you. We pray this in the wonderful name of the one who saved us and took on our sin, Jesus Christ. Amen.